This is an ABC podcast. Fierce. Girl power. If you're an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander person, we want to let you know that this episode contains the name of someone who has died. This is the story of the girl who followed the rabbit-proof fence hunt, Molly Kelly, written and read by 12-year-old Ruby Machida. Molly, get up. Molly slowly opened her eyes. Go away, she mumbled at her sister Daisy. I'm trying to sleep. Mum's taking us on Goana Hunt, Daisy said. We're leaving soon. Molly groaned. Tell her I'm coming. Molly crawled out of her hut made from branches and bark. She smiled at the sight of little children playing and men leaving to catch food with their hunting spears. Molly loved her life with the Jigalong mob, but how that would change. Molly was a mixed-race child. Her mum was a Matu Aboriginal woman and her dad was a white man working on the robot-proof fence. The fence stretched across Western Australia from north to south. It was 1,833 kilometres long. And it was how Molly would eventually find her way home. Car tyres screeched on the gravel. Run! Molly's mum shouted. So Molly ran. She had never run so fast in her life. Her heart was thumping so loudly she couldn't hear her own breath. She looked behind her. Her mum and Arnie had picked up Daisy and her cousin Gracie and were running with them. The car was gaining on them. It stopped. A white man jumped out. He held up papers and demanded the women hand the girls over. But they wouldn't. They couldn't. The man grabbed Gracie and put her in the car. He grabbed Daisy and Molly, struggling as they fought back. Then he drove off. Molly lifted her head to peer at the back window. Her mum and Arnie had fallen to their knees, crying out for them. Molly pulled Daisy and Gracie close and sobbed her heart out. From 1931 to 1940, the Chief Protector of Aborigines in Western Australia was a man called Orba Octavius Neville, or Mr Devil as some people called him. He stole mixed-race children from their mobs and took them to Moor River Settlement, where he hoped to stamp out their Aboriginality. The stolen generation was what they were called later, because once they were there, most never saw their families again. The rickety wooden truck pulled into the dusty grounds of the settlement, with Molly, Daisy and Gracie sitting in the back. A smiling lady dressed in nun's clothing greeted them and rushed them off to a cottage where there were heaps of children sleeping in uncomfortable beds. The girls hated it there and missed their families and life at Jigalong. All the children were forced to speak English, wear itchy, thick white clothing, go to church every day, eat slop, and worst of all, they had to go to toilet in a bucket. Ew! Which they shared with everyone. Double ew! Then they had to go and empty the bucket outside. 
Every night, as Molly lay in bed, she plotted their escape. She had it all planned, but she just needed to find the right moment. You empty the bucket, Molly, then go up to church. Molly looked overhead. Storm clouds were rolling in. It was time. We're going to escape now, Molly said to Daisy and Gracie. The rain will cover our tracks. Molly grabbed the bucket in one hand and Daisy's hand in the other. She emptied the bucket, then they ran. They ran and they ran and they ran. Molly, Daisy and Gracie had been on the run for a whole month. They met many people along the way and almost got caught a lot of times. One day, a man mentioned the rabbit-proof fence and Molly realised it could guide them home. The fence went right past Jigalong, so if they followed it, they would make it back to their family. Along the way, people helped them. They gave them food, water and hid them when the truckers were nearby. One man told Gracie he knew where her mum was, so she went to a train station in the hope of finding her. Molly and Daisy tried to stop Gracie, but she was caught and sent back to the settlement. They never saw her again. Molly and Daisy had almost made it, but they were hungry, tired and couldn't go on anymore. They collapsed in the dust. Suddenly, Molly spotted a spirit bird, an animal that her grandma said would always protect her. She was filled with hope. They may have lost Gracie, but she still had Daisy, and they could still get home. Come on, Daisy, Molly said. Not far now. Jigalong was in their sights. Their mum and grandma and everyone at Jigalong threw their arms around the sisters. After nine long weeks of walking, Molly and Daisy had finally made it home, and that's where they belonged. Hi, my name's Ruby. I'm 12 years old and I wanted to write about Molly Kelly because I had watched the movie The Rabbit Proof Fence and was inspired by Molly's story and thought she made a fierce girl. Roll the credits. This special series of fierce girls is produced by a bunch of fierce women and one awesome guy. This story was written by a fierce girl, Ruby Machida. Our producer is Emma Gibbs. Script editor is Samantha Turnbull and Mark Don is our audio engineer who puts in cool sound effects like this one. The executive producer is Justine Kelly. Kelly Reardon is the boss who lets us make fierce podcasts like this one. Fierce Girls is a production of ABC Audio Studios. To hear more stories about other fierce girls, go to the ABC Listen app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If there's a fierce girl that you think we should know about, write to us on the Fierce Girls page on the ABC website. And remember, keep being fierce.